Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. I'm Adrielle, and the message for today is one that the Lord has been pouring into me since I wrote my book, and he continued to prep me for this teaching when he began revealing to me certain numbers last year. And I'm not going to go into detail with the number situation or we will be here a lot longer than I want to be um, on the podcast today. So for my numbers, the sermons that I will do on the numbers are going to be separate. And I'm not sure exactly when I'm going to bring that out, but it's going to happen at some point in time. But for today, I wanted to talk about a little bit um, that God had been showing me since last year. And it wasn't the right time for me to teach on it until now, because, you know, it ain't no time like God's timing, period. (laughs) Y'all, I am so excited for today's message. Like, I felt the spirit of the Lord as I was getting prepped for this message. And of course, I feel the spirit all the time, but it was really something about this particular message that has really taken me there. Um, So I'm excited to get into this today. So in Genesis chapter one, the Lord makes us in his image, right? Which is why the subtitle of my book is How to Slay Depression and Birth as the Word of God, which speaks on taking off the old self and putting on the new self, like Colossians 3 writes. Because if Jesus is the word, according to John 1 and Revelation 19, and we were made in his image, according to Genesis 1 and Romans 8 and 29, then we are also the word, here to activate God's character on earth. The way that God moves on earth is through his people. So Romans 8 and 29 says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The next verse says, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So he's already tattooed his image on us and in us. He's already predestined us, called us, justified us, and glorified us. We were the total package when he created Adam. But if we look at Genesis 3, the first thing the enemy attacked was Adam's identity through the means of his beautiful wife, the person he saw as attractive and pleasing to the eye. The first thing the enemy will attack when it comes to you is your identity. That's what he's after. He already knows who you are. He's trying to prevent you from finding that out. Because if he can get you to question your identity, He's got your entire life in his hands. Now, pay close attention to how he did this, though. He asked Eve a question. I'm getting ready to set some people free today with this. The main reason you don't know who you are is because you don't ask enough questions. The main reason society gives into everything they hear and see is because nobody is asking questions. It's not okay to be talking about gender identity with young children 
before they even learn of their God identity. It's not okay for every single movie that's out now to have homosexuality as a staple in the screenplay. It's not okay for 98% of the movies that are out now to be rated R or for the PG-13 movies to have the F-bomb in them now. It's not okay. It's not okay for kids' movies on Disney, such as Turning Red, to be teaching kids how to worship animals instead of the God who created animals. None of this is okay. But the world has made it okay because no one is asking questions. We have to get in a habit of questioning what is happening around us or we will be led astray by the pattern of this world. You're either going to let society tell you who you are or you're going to let God tell you who you are. But you have to ask questions. When I was depressed, I asked God, Lord, who am I? He said, find out everything you can about me and in that I will show you who you are and what your purpose is on this earth. I asked a question and he answered it. You're going to ask somebody some questions about who you are, right? You're either going to ask the world or you're going to ask God. That's why beginning with last Wednesday's episode, what are you looking for? We have just entered a brand new series called You, Y-O-U, so that we can get to the bottom of our identity, who we are, and what we're searching for out of life. And I'm going to do maybe three or four episodes in this series where each title is going to be a question that includes the word you. It's all about finding yourself. Because remember, questions hijack the brain. When you're asked a question, you have trouble thinking of anything else other than how to answer that question. And that's powerful. What happens is serotonin is kicked on and it triggers a mental reflex known as instinctive elaboration, which is what causes the hijacking of the brain to seek and find the answer. And this reflex is subconscious. You can't control it. Just like breathing and blinking. It's something that just happens. So, we're in Genesis 3. And the enemy doesn't start with a statement. He asks Eve a question because he knows how piercing a question can be. He asks her, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Eve says, Well, he said we can eat fruit from the trees in the garden, just not the one smack dab in the middle of the garden. He said we can't touch it or we'll die. The enemy claps back to answer his own question that he posed in verse 1 because he ain't like what Eve's answer was, I guess. So he said, nah, you won't certainly die. Like, who told you that? (laughs) God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He challenged her on something she already was, y'all. She was already made in the image of God. She was already made in the likeness of God. But when she rejected her own identity and instead agrees with the serpent, now she's getting ready to take part in something that will change her original identity. 
She was made in the image of God, but now she's about to be so far away from God that the Lord won't even recognize who she is. See, some of us are allowing the enemy to challenge us on something we already are. And we're not questioning it, just like Eve failed to do so. And because of that, we are falling away piece by piece. Eve asks no questions whatsoever, y'all. Like, zero, zilch. She takes the fruit and she eats it. Adam was with her now. He was listening to the entire conversation because the Bible says he, she also gives some to her husband who was with her. So he was there the entire time. Adam asks no questions because he just gonna follow his wife and wherever her behind went, that's where he went. <laughs> so instead of him saying, babe, do you think this is a good idea? God gave us clear instructions. I mean, should we really listen to a serpent? A creature that God told me to name? Oh my gosh. Come on. A creature that God said I have charge over? We just gonna, we just gonna bypass all of that, huh? And listen to this guy? I mean, come on, bro. That's wild. He listened to something that he named over God. What a defining moment this was for all of creation. This is where we got stuck as humanity. When we got persuaded by something God gave us charge over, it changed the trajectory of humanity. Because you see, Adam actually means humanity, y'all. Adam is not just a name. It means humanity in Hebrew. So when Adam ate the fruit, we all ate the fruit. When Adam, in the day that Adam died, we all died, right? That's why the Bible says the first Adam was here, but then the last Adam came and he redid everything, right? The last Adam was Jesus. So we are still in the garden today facing this same challenge. We are talking to the enemy and we are listening to what he has to say over what God has called us to do. When the world turns left, there we are, asking no questions, just going with the flow. But did God not tell us that we are the salt of the earth? And without us, how would the earth be seasoned? Did he not say we are the light of the earth and a lamp set on a hill cannot be hidden? But we find ourselves hidden behind society every single day, trying to fit in instead of stand out. Standing up for what the majority agrees with instead of standing up and being an advocate for Christ. Listen, God is not going to get off his throne and physically come down to earth to get his work completed that he began before the foundation of the world. He's trying to do it through us, but he can't find us nowhere. God can't find his own people because we look too much like everyone else. We act too much like them. But he is walking in the garden right now, in the cool of the day. Asking, where are you? Adam, where are you? (laughs) 
Genesis 3 and 8 said, Adam and Eve heard the Lord coming and they hid from him because they were naked and afraid. Mm. Some of us are naked and afraid of God. We are afraid of being vulnerable. We are afraid of giving over everything to the Lord. The Lord asked me one day and I saw this vision. He was standing in front of me and he had his hand out as if he was, um, you know, giving me something or trying to get me to give him something. It's really hard to explain this over the podcast, but he was standing in front of me and he said, now ask yourself, Adriel, have I given it all over to God? Have I really? (laughs) That's all he asked me. Have we given everything over to God or are we afraid of being naked in front of him? In verse nine, God comes to look for his people. Adam and Eve, and he can't find them anywhere because they no longer reflected his image. He said, where are you? Now, even though God is an omniscient and omnipresent God, he knew the exact location of where Adam was. But he couldn't locate his original image. The title of this message today is, Where Are You? God is on a hunt for your original soul. In fact, the you in this series stands for why your O original soul, you unfiltered. Y-O-U, your original soul unfiltered. That's what this series stands for. The most naked and vulnerable you before God first formed you in the womb. Listen, the Bible says he knew you and loved you before he formed you in a womb, but we knew him and we loved him before he formed us in the womb. We trusted him. He was our covering. (laughs) But when sin, when we were born into sin and the world got a hold of us, we just fell away from glory. Hey, I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far, but I wanted to quickly remind you to rate and review the podcast if you haven't done so already. It is super easy to do. All you have to do is click on the link in the description box underneath our title for today. Once you click on the link, you'll see the option to review the podcast. Click on that. This will bring you straight to red on the Apple platform. Scroll down past the episodes and click the star rating and write a review. Please, please, please do this for me, y'all, so that more people can gain access to these episodes. You have no idea how your review could change someone's life. All right, I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Checking off. When Adam and Eve sinned and found out they were naked, it's because they split their trust in the Lord. God saw them as covered by grace but they saw themselves as naked and ashamed. And they weren't hiding their nakedness from people. They were hiding their nakedness from God. The only one they should have been able to put their trust in. The Bible says they hid from God because they were naked. There are people who are hiding from God. 
Nah, I don't want to read my Bible because then I'm going to have to start living by what it says. And I don't want to feel that conviction. You know, I really don't want to pray because then that means I'll feel bad about cussing people out when they try me. And I don't want to build a close relationship with God because then he ain't going to let me get drunk and high when I want to. And I like doing that way too much. It's comfortable for me. So I'm going to just keep God at arm's length. (laughs) Some of us have been keeping God at a six foot distance before the pandemic started. I love the Lord, but, you know, I only pray when I really need his help. I only thank God when something goes right in my life. If I remember to do that, if I'm not so egoistic that I take all the credit for myself. But if I, you know, get any closer to God and he's going to try to change me, I'm just not going to be ready for that. I will be one day, just not right now. He's still working on me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's a whole other story. The he's still working on me. That's a sure statement to expose just how far away from Jesus you actually are. Because it says, well, I don't have to do anything at all. God just going to do the work. And one day I'll wake up and I'll magically stop cussing and going to the club and sleeping around. But that's not how it goes. James 2 says faith without works is dead. If you're not doing as God would have you do, Yeah, you're going to slip up. You ain't perfect. We know that. But something is better than nothing. Working towards something is better than not working towards it at all. Some kind of progress is better than no progress. Stop hiding from God. Do what he has called you to do. Because you will regret it later. I guarantee you, you will. You are in the garden right now, and God is calling your name. Adam, where are you? And honestly, go ahead and fill your name in the blank and and say it out loud. Come on. Where are you? (laughs) He knows the world is bad. He already knew the end from the beginning. But he put you here to help him with Project Save a Soul. So yeah, everything sucks around you, but where are you in this? Are you giving into it or are you riding the path that he has designed just for you? Are you asking questions or still trying to fit in so you don't look different? Are you pleasing people or God? Are you in your right mind or out of your mind for Christ? Because Paul says, y'all looking at us and thinking we crazy, but if we're in our right mind, it's for y'all. Now, if we're out of our mind, it is for God. And guess what? I've learned how to be completely okay with being out of my mind for God. I'm okay with it. Because the Spirit just takes you there like it's supposed to. He didn't put you here to do the bare minimum He put you here for a WWJD moment. What would Jesus do? Did Jesus come down here just to hide out? No. He came to change lives. If he was here today, he would stand up against all of the craziness that's happening. He would advocate for God's word and be okay with being different. 
he would fearlessly follow God and wouldn't care how many people disagree with him. His friends wouldn't be able to persuade him to do a single act that goes against holiness. We are supposed to be doing just as Jesus would do. That's why 1 John 2 and 4 says, whoever claims to live in him must live as, A-S, Jesus did. We must be living as Jesus would. WWJD. Look, I want to bring that saying back again because I know you remember that from back in the day. It was an extremely popular saying to tell kids. I even had the little cute little bracelets and everything with the WWJD on it. (laughs) And of course, you know, you don't hear that today because as time continues on, the world pushes God away more and more. That's why prayer ain't in schools anymore, because it goes against the quote unquote religious policies now. But yet it's okay to talk about what you identify yourself as when kids ain't even supposed to know anything about that. (laughs) I mean, all of this is okay. Right. But when it comes to God, oh, that's uh, uh-uh. we shun against that. Like, uh, no, we can't be talking about Jesus in schools like that is just not fair for the for the ears of the little kids. What's not fair is you talking about homosexuality in any type of sex to them when they just supposed to be getting an education. That's what's not fair. We started off in biblical times where learning about the Lord was the fullness of what schools would even teach. And now it's 2022 and God is completely rejected from education. Why? Because no one is asking any questions. No one is challenging anything. We're accepting what they tell us and we're rejecting the word of God. But where are you? Where is your originality? Where's the person who was made in the image of God? Where's the person who seasons the earth and lights it up? Where are you? You know, it's crazy because it only took two chapters for Adam to lose his identity. He was in the image of God in Genesis 1 and 2. And then by the third chapter, boom, He got separated from the Spirit of God just like that. You may be reflecting the image of God in one season and then falling away from glory the next because the enemy has put your identity up for a test. He has put you up for a challenge. And it's one that feels like it's too heavy to fight against it. But I'm telling you today, fight against that thing. Don't let him steal what God has put in you. Don't let them do it. And it's crazy because as I I see so clearly how the Bible can say that life and death lies in the power of the tongue when I reread this chapter for the millionth time. Um, because when Adam ate the fruit from the forbidden tree, he put an expiration date on humanity. In the day that you eat, you will surely die. We were supposed to live forever in Eden which Eden literally means paradise. That's what it means in um, Hebrew. But because he used his mouth to eat, he activated death through the power of sin. His taste buds were the deciding factor on whether or not we would, as humanity, 
live forever or see death. Because life and death lie in the power of the tongue. (laughs) My gosh, that's good. That's good. And I'm getting ready to go a little deep, but stay with me. That's why you have to be so careful with what you say and things that you have a taste for and people that you have a taste for. Because it may be your senses that continues to get you in trouble. It was Adam and Eve's senses that got them in trouble. They saw with their eyes that it was pleasing to the eye, so they tasted it. Things that look pleasing to the eye may be bad for business. So be careful that you don't just fall for anything. Question it. The one thing that prevents you from doing what God doesn't want you to do is by knowing who you are. Knowing how to separate light from darkness. What's ironic is that in Genesis 1 verses 3 and 4, God separates the light from darkness. What's holy versus unholy, what's pure versus impure. But you know how the devil is such a copycat that he wants to do everything God does in reverse. So in Genesis 3 verses 1 through 4, so it's the exact opposite. It's Genesis 1 verses 3 and 4 and then Genesis 3 verses 1 through 4. That's when he begins to really challenge Eve on trying to reconnect that light and darkness. Taking a pure woman made in the image and the light of God and persuading her to eat something that was impure and dark. Sin. And that wasn't a coincidence. It never is when it comes to God. He's a master mathematician. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of believers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. He's blinded us to the point where God can't even find us. Satan has attacked our minds to such a degree that we've become double-minded, one hand up to heaven and one foot into the world. Trying to be a believer who fits in, but semi-loves God. And baby, that just don't work. You can't be both. The enemy has challenged us so much that we have begun to rationalize what he says in in our thoughts. Something that he has made sound good. He's made sinning sound good, right? So then we start to make irrational decisions using our senses, but not making any sense of it. (laughs) The enemy likes to say, oh, you know, it's not that bad. If you just do a little bit of this, God gonna still forgive you. It's okay if that movie has a little bit of cussing and pornographic scenes in it. It's not that bad. Then we continue to make irrational decisions based off of what our flesh desires. (laughs) Wow. While our spirit over here is like, um, I'm not okay with this. God over here like, did you even ask me if I was okay with this? Because listen, I can't find the meat in you anymore. The me in you has depleted so much that I need a magnifying glass to see myself in you now. And that's just not how I created you. So God wants to know today, where are you? 
Really? Where are you? Are you living out my fruits? Are you following me without fear? Or are you making sure that you look normal in a group full of people? Where are you? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for exposing our identity today. We ask that you walk in the garden in the cool of the day of our lives. This day, in search for the you in us and pull it out. Make it known. Make it evident. We ask that you bring us back to our originality that you created us with so that we will act as the salt and the light of this world. Because we know, Lord, that creation is in labor right now, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed, just as the Bible says. Creation is in pain right now because we are failing to birth what you've placed in us. So today, Lord, help us get to that point. Help us to be bold enough to stand up and answer your call when you ask, where are we? Don't allow us to be naked and ashamed hiding from you, forming our own covering, but remind us that you are the one who covers. You are the one who covers us in grace and in truth. And Lord, we will agree with that and disagree with what the enemy tries to challenge us on. We know our identity lies in you. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray, amen. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. And if you enjoyed it, go ahead and click the link in the description of this episode below the title to check out our merch, my book, my blog, and the link to review the podcast. It's been so great talking to you. I love you. And I will be back on Sunday for another seven minutes in heaven. But until then, stay ready.